It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Stuart Vonney. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm Jason Chaffetz, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, July 21st, 2022. I'm John Saucier. Looks like Russia is ready to allow Ukrainian grain to get out of the conflict zone. This is a global problem, and it's something that world leaders would like to tackle, because you never want to have the wheat sitting there and have people starving when the solution is right there. This is the Fox News Rundown. War in Ukraine. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Not only are people trying to escape the war in Ukraine, but so are precious goods. And in this instance, grain exports. This has been a major storyline recently in this ongoing war. One that affects not only Ukraine, but other nations which rely on these exports to feed their populations. Countries need it. I mean, you're starting to see shortages in Africa specifically of wheat, which is where some of the the grain from Ukraine goes. And that is pushing pressure on prices. It's putting pressure on prices uh, across the globe. We have imported Fox Business reporter Edward Lawrence onto the podcast today. (laughs) He's got all the inside details on this deal. The wheat shortages have to be made up from somewhere else. People pay more. It's a a domino effect. Um, Yeah. So what I what I've learned is three sources told me one Republican, one Democrat and one from the administration that there is now a framework deal in place. Uh, to get the wheat out by the end of July. Uh, We're clearly running out of time in July, but uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin was in Iran uh, this week, uh, and he had meetings with the Turkey president, Turkish president Erdogan, uh, about these, specifically about getting grains across. Now, the Russian president had come out, came out after those meetings and said, you know, that with the mediation, they moved forward. Uh, with a final deal. Now, all three of my sources are saying that with that framework that has been agreed upon, it's Russia you're still negotiating with. So even if there is a final agreement, there is caution that the Russians won't live up to it. Of course. But Turkey has been more favorable. Turkey has been more favorable towards Russia. So possibly there's some weight behind it if Turkey is the one that's making this agreement. So Russia has kind of weaponized the, holding the grain during this war on Ukraine. And like you mentioned, it's having ripple effects all over the world. I want to talk about that in just a moment. But in making this deal, what does Russia stand to gain? Because it feels like they have the upper hand on something like this. And now just to give it up, are they trying to curry favor with Turkey? What does Russia get out of this? Yeah, you know, and who knows, who knows who you could get into the mind of Russian President Vladimir Putin. But he's definitely playing a game here. I mean, he came out and said, 
uh, in, in Iran that, look, I, they've moved forward with, look what I can do to help with the food shortage. Uh, so he's trying to portray himself you know, as, look, I can be the savior of this, but he's the one that created the problem in the first place. So, so this is just sort of him feeding his own ego, most likely. But, you know, Russia also accounts for nearly a third, Russia and Ukraine account for nearly a third of the global wheat supplies. Uh, so that's a lot. And Russia also exports fertilizer uh, and Ukraine exports corn and sunflower sunflower oil, I should say. So this is having, as you said, that ripple effect around the world because uh, you're seeing those shortages of specifically wheat, uh, but then fertilizer prices, I know, in the Midwest and the U.S. have spiked because uh, Russia is slowing down the exports of those fertilizers specifically to the U.S., but also around the globe. Yeah, Ukraine accounting for 9% of global wheat exports. You add in the fertilizer, obviously you need that to grow anything. And as also you mentioned, we're seeing it all the way here in the United States. What other countries had a major stake in this wheat export? We know it affected a lot of poor countries. You mentioned Africa. Who else specifically? Well, specifically uh, Europe. Uh, You know, Ukraine is right next to Europe, and they uh, truck some of that stuff across. Some of it goes by boat across the Black Sea to various places in the Middle East. So uh, this grain is vital for that region. But again, it has that domino effect. And, and, you know, you might be sitting in the U.S. saying, oh, well, this isn't going to affect me because it's over there. But it does, because when there's a shortage, they go out to the globe and they look for where they can get wheat imported. Various countries do this. Uh, And U.S. wheat is being exported and Europe or the Middle East or one of the African countries might pay more than a U.S. supplier. So therefore, they're going to ship the grain or the wheat uh, to where the highest bidder is. Edward Lawrence from the Fox Business Network. The most interesting figure and player in this deal to me is the president of Turkey, Tayyip Erdogan. You mentioned that Vladimir Putin from Russia went to Iran and these two spoke What is his role in these negotiations and why is he working to try and get this grain out of Ukraine? So this was actually all three of my sources said that this was actually discussed in the NATO meeting. This was discussed in the NATO meeting in Spain. Uh, So as world leaders talked about it in Spain, we know that Turkey uh, was also approached right after those meetings uh, in NATO was saying, hey, you know, can you facilitate this? You know, Russia, you're close to Russia. Uh, You do more things with Russia. Can you work this out and help us out? Because this is a global problem. uh, And it's something that world leaders would like to tackle because you never want to have the wheat sitting there and have people starving when the solution is right there. Right. And again, this is affecting countries all over the world, including, as you mentioned, right here in the United States. What, if any, role did the U.S. have in negotiating this deal? I do know the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, made some comments about he did believe Russia was weaponizing the exports of grain. So did he have a hand in this? Did the U.S. have any role? At the moment, I'm hearing no, that Turkey has taken the lead on this, only to the fact that President Joe Biden did discuss this with uh, specifically the the leader of France, uh, the president of France, the uh, prime minister of the United Kingdom, um, as well as his Spanish counterparts. So they did discuss this at a very high level, uh, but they're really letting Turkey go forward with taking the lead in terms of trying to make this deal actually happen. In actually physically getting these grain exports out of Ukraine, it could be challenging, though. You mentioned that you really can't trust Russia to say they'll do something, but will they actually do it? How physically are they going to remove these exports, especially when Russia has been barding many port cities in Ukraine and they had a lot of these grain fields surrounded by their military? How can NATO and Ukraine get the grain out? 
Well, as my understanding from the sources, we're only talking about the grain that's sitting at the porch right now. They're not talking about grain that's maybe in the fields or in a farmer's barn and trying or a silo trying to get it to the porch. This is just what's stuck in the silos at the porch, and that has a shelf life. Uh, as farmers will tell you, the, the grain doesn't last forever. So they've got a timeline that they have to get this out by. Otherwise, it goes bad. Uh, this is specifically to put it on ships and get the ships out through the Black Sea. Right now, Russia is creating that blockade. But as you know, Turkey with Istanbul is sort of the connection point of those ships going out to the Mediterranean. That's another reason that Turkey is taking the lead on this. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a race against time, basically. And my understanding from all three of the sources is that the timeline is the end of July, and that's when they want to have this done. We're speaking today with Edward Lawrence of the Fox Business Network, where sources this week say we have a deal on grain exports out of Ukraine. We also know that President Biden is positive for COVID-19. We'll get more out of the White House on that front coming up next. All right, Edward Lawrence, you worked at a day at the White House, and I'm assuming you were there today. The big news, President Joe Biden, he's tested positive for COVID-19. Now, this is an older president. What's the word at the White House about this? Are people concerned? Are they feeling okay with it? What's the buzz over there? Yeah, I am at the White House right now, and and there is concern uh, among the staff that's here that works at the White House. Um, however, the Paxlovid, the news about Paxlovid has sort of reassured some folks that, uh, you know, th- this is a disease or a, a, an illness that we're living with now. Uh, and the president is then uh, has his all is totally vaccinated, uh, two boosters, in fact. But here's the timeline. The president went to bed on Wednesday night. He didn't sleep well. He woke up with a runny nose, a cough, and he was tired on Thursday. So that is when they decided to test him. He did, again, test positive for this. Uh, You know, you have to look back. Well, first, the White House uh, medical unit is calling those in close contact. And that includes Senators Ed Markey, as well as Elizabeth Warren, who were on the trip uh, with President Biden on the plane going to Massachusetts, as well as two Massachusetts lawmakers, uh, representatives in the House of Representatives. Uh, You know, so they're, they're calling them about close contact. Anyone the president may have come in contact with. He shook a lot of hands. In Massachusetts, they're calling some of those folks to say, hey, maybe you want to go get tested uh, going forward. We're seeing a lot of masks. Uh, The First Lady Joe Biden now wearing a mask. The vice president now wearing a mask. Everybody in the room with them are now wearing masks. So we're seeing that mask sort of rear its head again as as people go forward uh, with what the next step is. It's definitely concerning because we've saw this play out before. Former President Trump, he came down with COVID-19. It seemed like a lot there of people at the White House were downplaying all that. And next thing you know, he's over at Walter Reed and getting treatment there. Fox Business Network reporter Edward Lawrence at the White House giving us the very latest on not only this deal to get Ukrainian grain exports out of the war-torn area, but also how the commander-in-chief is feeling after testing positive for COVID-19. You feeling good, Ed? So far, so good. All right, that's what we like uh, I, to hear. I, you I sound good, and thank you so much for being with I'm us. On, yeah, stay negative, okay? And thanks for being with us on the Fox <laughs> News Rundown War in Ukraine podcast. Thanks, John. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.